Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. <clears throat> Andy, I've been told this is March, and for that reason, we are contractually obligated to do... I get a, a story right after that. <laughs> My God, I, I tried to fit this into a tweet, and I just couldn't do it. But um, you know what? I am going to throw them under the bus. Fuck Lowe's. The, the homes. I don't know if you have those in California. It's a it's a big home store or home sure whatever store. And uh, I had to clean up some snow. Home improvement. Because that's what it does mm -hmm. here. It snows. And I don't know how many people understand oh, a snowblower. I have a big snowblower because I have a decent driveway. Uh, I broke a shear pin, which is a pin that is meant to break under stress instead of ruining the shaft that goes back to the engine. So it's a mm -hmm. part inside of there that breaks on purpose when you like catch a rock or something, a big rock. Yeah. Instead of, so it's a, a it's I, a fuse. It, yeah, basically it is kind of like a fuse. So I went to get I apparently was out. You know, it's a consumable. I went to get one from Lowe's. And they're like, oh, the lady first just didn't know it. Oh, you want to buy a snowblower? No, I have a snowblower. I need a shear pin. <laughs> and finally she goes and finds someone. She's like, Yeah, we put all that stuff away. And I'm like, this is March. <laughs> and I, I realized what I'd said, and I'm like, I'm like trying to be mad, and I and I just started like laughing to myself. I'm like, but either way, I am, I am mad that they put that stuff. Like, come on, it's Minnesota. We've had huge snowstorms in May. Give me another month. Like they have all the seeds out. There's yeah. eight inches of snow in my garden. Like I'm going to be planting geraniums. The most likely time to need a shear pin is at the end of the snow season. Uh, yeah, I would no. guess. I mean, presumably at the very beginning, if you didn't bother replacing one last the end of last season, you would need one. But uh, oh, yeah, you've been using that thing all year, I'm sure. Um, yeah, winter weather out here in California, of, of course, as well. Thankfully, you, it's yeah, are not. Are you wearing your high waters? Indian wells. Um, like, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. Uh, okay. The uh, the at least for now, um, when the snow starts melting in the spring, we have had a absolute record year. They're about to set records at Mammoth for uh, snowfall, and it is the middle of march which means we still have more snow to come um and uh yeah good for skiing bad for good for water good for people uh in the long run um bad for uh flooding when the uh when these snow starts to melt all that said <clears throat> we uh we're here to talk about college basketball andy because it is march madness and you know this is um an all-time gambling event on the calendar period doesn't matter if you barely even watch college basketball over the balance of the season like yours truly. Um, this matters. And so, you know, you, you're going to take advantage of bracket pools. You're going to take advantage of Calcutta's. You're going to take advantage of survivor pools. Um, there are a million different ways to get involved Ooh, um, from a gambling perspective. Bracket. Bracket. I was sent that by our, our that friend, uh, our friend Rico de Gallo. He sent me a, a, a pool. Oh. It's a... You pick a one seed, you pick a two seed all the way down. You can only pick one of the four and you get points for oh. how far they advance. Like, so everyone oh. has to, you know, it's, it's almost like DFS, I guess. You get 16 uh, teams if you're choosing. That's and you cool. get points based on. So that one's a fun one. I'm going to do multiple entries in that tomorrow after fifth year mm -hmm. option. I'm going to spend a lot of time on brackets. I haven't really spent time on that, mm -hmm. but uh, today, 
we're going to talk some Calcutta stuff. We know some people that are doing one tonight. A lot of yep. them Today don't is, really. Yeah, tonight is big really time Calcutta man, night. Yeah. yeah. But De- De- Delon, Delon, I don't know. I'm not good with names. Um, he asked, hey, fellows, if it's not too much trouble, can you discuss what a Calcutta is? Well, a lot of it will come along the way, but basically it's an auction. And it's, you know, you go in with however many people you want. Essentially, you know, you wouldn't want too many people, but you can have anywhere from like, I suppose, some of the small ones you see are like eight to 10 people up to a lot more than that. And you have, it's like an auction draft in fantasy, you know, except with money that you actually have to spend and you pick a team. You, you bid on teams against other teams based on, and then based on their performance, you will receive part of the pot based on how the rules are drawn out. It is very popular in golf. It's one of the most popular ways to like bet on golf like that. I know even like where I grew up, my home club tournament after they got everyone set into the flights they should be in. Like these are just like people that, you know, in town, they would have a Calcutta after that. And you could buy, you know, I mean, there's people that you can buy yourself if you want. So, like I'm, I think I'm going to do really well and I'm worth more than that. So uh, a lot of these in March Madness will have unique rules where it's not just based on how well uh, a team does, because why the, sh- you know, why the shit would you ever buy a 16 seed that, they're not going to advance, you know, you're not going to win the championship, but they throw in fun rules to encourage bidding on every team, such mm-hmm. as you can get 1% of the total pot if your team loses by the most amount in the first round, which is yeah. a very common one. There's usually some other fun ones, like the team in the first round with the biggest upset by seeding, you know, yeah. if there's a, you know, a 15 were to win, it's you, you, obviously that could be chopped with another person. If there's a tie, I remember in the NFL ones in the playoffs, there were the same kind of thing, like the team to lose yeah. by the most, the team to cover the spread by the most. Yeah. Basically the sky's the limit on creating the rules for these. You can get them as complicated as you want. You can make them as top heavy as you want. Um, Christ, you can make it winner take all. Like if if you really wanted to have no fun at all, <laughs> you know, like just nobody would, you know, you just say, "Hey, we're just we're gonna bid until people say I'm I'm done." Like, we're so not yeah, that teams. you're you're kind of make you're kind of making a couple of key distinctions that I think are worth kind of digging in on a little more on what is a Calcutta. Um, yeah. My first introduction to to it was absolutely through the um, college basketball landscape because this is sort of the right number of things to bid on right like that's mm-hmm. kind of important you want and and the number of participants is important too you you touched on it. I, I for my in my opinion like 10 to 12 is about right yeah perfect you know and you know 60 60 ish things to auction off is about right any more than that and it kind of gets bogged down time wise any less than that and some people don't get teams and they're like why did i waste my time you know so you, you know there's a little bit of a balancing act in terms of how many people you invite and uh you know and, and in general um you know what you're trying to auction off, uh, really, you know, like for the really golf good ones. Point. Yeah, go yeah. really good point by you as far as like having too many things to auction off. Like in a lot of the golf ones, and we've seen this yeah. with the ones that Rufus and Jeff have put together, you know, it's basically the top 50 golfers and then they start selling them in lots. Where, Bundles, yeah. Yeah, you're groups, getting five you golfers five at a time. Them, yeah. And it's great. Uh, was that Logan that had... He when got Mickelson in a bundle. Mickelson, yeah, Mickelson <laughs> yeah, was like PGA. a group of five. He certainly yeah. wasn't bidding on Phil. And he ended up taking a big <laughs> chunk of the pot with a bundle that he bought for other yeah. reasons, essentially, which is pretty fun. So yeah. it's 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 really fun. It's just another way to 
have some action in it and also yeah. you know if you really like a team it's something you can go after we'll kind of get into that yeah but uh <clears throat> Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, let's talk. We'll talk. We'll talk let's save, yeah, let's save. Save. Let's save some more of the dynamics for later because that's really yeah. the fun part to talk about. Um, the 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 nuts and bolts of the structure, I think, are fun. Um, you, There's even websites now that you know. I know. Facilitate oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it. Yeah, the, your office pool does a couple. What done? Right? They're 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 out there. They, there's yeah. this is becoming more and more popular. I've gotten requests from our friend group and other people. Uh, you know, like, hey, do you know any? any calcuttas and you you know what the important question to ask is like this level of total pot size because the yeah. total pot size does drive your overall activity right if you're getting involved in a million dollar pot you know you, you just you be prepared for you want some team they're going to go for 20 30k right like you yeah. just need to be ready for that if you're going for a you know a calcutta that you know the pots in the 20 to 100k range then yeah, you know, you're skinning the game for any team could be 500 to 1,000, right? So it's 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 a little, um, you know, it's a little bit. Uh, uh, you want to be in a pool with players who are similar, a similar amount of liquidity, uh, and you really, really don't want to be in a Calcutta where you are the aggressively small stack, um, because then you're just simply bidding and then you kind of like well I've been, there with priced, no teams. I've been priced out because yeah. i can own my my uh my reserve you know that price for any given team is tight and you know i'm not gonna go uh you know a thousand dollars over my reserve <laughs> for this team because i have low confidence in my projections because i don't know shit about college basketball um so it's you know it's it's a little bit of um uh, uh you know a, a game about understanding the the group of people you're playing with and, yeah, and I, I yeah. think a, re a really good way to get the range is like, <clears throat> and everybody does that. Like, even just now, our our friend, not Brent's and other Will, he posted, hey, here's a Calcutta. And he posted instant in the same message, he says the pot was about this last year. Yeah. Because he knows that's <laughs> going to be the first question. So you yeah. can take, yeah. take the favorites, you know, that yeah. usually it's going to be somewhere in the 10 to 1 range. Yeah, and then realize like a lot of the teams that are 100 to one, and you can you can do yeah. some pretty quick math and say a favorite's yeah. like eight to ten percent chance to win. So yeah. if it's close, you're gonna say, hey, if this was a fifty thousand dollar pot, yeah. you know this team's probably gonna go in the four to six thousand range. Like, yeah, know that that's what Houston, that's what Bama, that's what the big teams are gonna yeah. go. But also know the smaller teams are probably gonna go for less than one percent of the pot and. Yeah. You know, that's kind of going to be your range. That'll be a good way to figure out if it's the right Calcutta for you. Yeah, because the opposite is true, too. If you get in one where you expect a pot in the, you know, 10 to 50K range and you're bidding away on the first team and you're like, all right, yeah, Duke's up first. Okay, uh, 500 bucks. And then it's just crickets. crickets. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, uh oh. Uh, okay, now I have to price and force to make sure that I didn't wildly overbid on the let's, first team. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, yeah, let's put a pin and in that else because is, the first like, team is uh, so important. Uh, oh, the first team is so important. Yeah, that's that's kind so, of the key. You know, you you do enough Calcutta, you do two probably two Calcuttas, uh, and with the relatively inexperienced groups, and you figure out that the bargains are usually the first team. But and and I mean, it is it is similar to like just anyone who's done. You know, hey, I've done fantasy football for years, and then they do an auction draft. And like, I am fucked. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> like, it, it's just, a, yeah. it is a lot of different dynamics. So let's yeah. take a couple steps back from that first team and talk prep. And I did mention yeah. the, you know, I did mention the odds. 
And I, I, I kind of point out, I put down of steps that I would take, you know, getting into one of these for any sport. And I mean, we're going to use basketball as an example, but like we said, golf is yep. very, very popular. Yep. And just like a lot of things that we do here, like the market is going to give you a pretty good indication of where the pricing should be. And I do feel like you can go as simple or as complicated as you want with this. Like if you're in a really sharp Calcutta and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you do want to spend a little more time with this, but honestly, like just setting uh, some market pricing for these teams, you know, I wouldn't even go past like the 10 seeds on some of this stuff. You know, the, sure. the te- those teams are all going to be so close to 0% to, to win, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, depending on the payouts you need to look at a bunch that's that's the thing too before you do anything know the rules because you're going to have to set percentages for a few different things sure you, know, you need to know like hey if, if there's a payout just for making the elite eight final four something like that yeah, no, I, you're gonna have to spend I, some time on that but just, just stick with uh stick with your first point though which before you're getting to kind of the side pots the biz the most important thing is correctly pricing the shape of the field in terms of yep. win probability you just um, and, take it no no vague uh, yeah. kind of and it's it sucks because the vague isn't exactly you know dispersed properly from mm-hmm. Alabama to you know Texas A&M Corpus Christi sure. but you can get a pretty good view and you know I would say you know take a sports book take a couple of analytical sites like Torvik or Kenpom and Love then it. maybe maybe uh if you can find pricing in an exchange or just another sharp sports book, three or four, um, you know, three or four indicators like that and use it to build out uh, some sort of composite percentages Yeah. to get just a baseline. Say like, if I take these yep. three things, which is, yep. you know, 9% of the time Alabama wins the title. And then once yep. you have that, Drew, you guess what, th- you know what, guess, get, first of all, guess what? I'm not going to be able to come up with a data and analytical package for projections of winning percentages. That's better than Ken Palm or Bart Torvik. If I started this week, it's not happening. <laughs> They've been doing this for years and these guys, they, they tempo adjust, they opponent adjust. It is very, very good data. Okay. So the, then there are all, there are lots of those and they're all free and it's freaking awesome that these guys do this. Okay. And if I click on takes two clicks on, Bart's site, bang, bang. Here I have percentages for a team to reach each stage of the tournament. Okay. Now what's kind of fun and w- the way that Calcutta is different than just like, it, it, like, it, like if I told you like, man, I, I really want some skin on UConn, right? I, I got eyes for UConn. I'm going to go get him in the big, big boy Calcutta, right? Like if that's like my point of view and I'm like, well, how much do you think they're going to go for? I don't know, maybe like 10, 12 K. Some of that people, people be like, if you like UConn that much, just go bet them in the futures market. Like, what do you do? Like, you don't be an idiot. There's the answer. <laughs> like, yep. like, where, like where, where, why would you? Why would you bother? Like with the Calcutta, and the real the reason is the payout structure is unique in a way that gives you lots more flexibility. Well, first of all, it's big free. Most of the, the and that is that is another thing to look at too. Right. Most of these are going to be big free. Like most of it is yeah. just, hey, yeah. it's, it's buddies chopping up the money at the end. But there are, you know, double check that too. I've seen a couple now where there is like a 1% rake, just kind of that. That's something that needs to be in your calculations, knowing that, you mm. know, some of this, these percentages are going to be slightly off based on that. I, yeah, I've but in general, it's, it's a no rake situation. Yeah. yeah. 
Not oh, Jesus Christ. Well, find a different Calcutta then. Um, or start your yeah. own with it. Doesn't have a right because that's insane. Because um, that's illegal, by the way. Um, I don't know that's if it's what, illegal. Yeah, or that's not. Um, it, it is. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just like anyone who's watched Molly's yeah, you're game. Running like, a, you're, yeah, you're, once, you're running a poker, poker once, game with a, a rake. rake. Troll. Yeah, you cross the line. Yeah. Now you're a target for the Russian... Uh, organized crime um no the uh the point i was going to make about the progressive payout is uh you know you you put money down on a team and it's a lot like each way type of payout for you know those people who are familiar with sort of european structure for golf tournaments or tennis or whatever like you you know you're you get a certain amount of your stake back for winning round one for winning round two round two maybe you identify a four or five seed that you like and if they win their sweet 16 game, then you're in the black, right? And then you're basically free rolling as far as they can go in the rest of the tournament, right? And so that, it, you know, that you put that money to work in a much more, uh, um, you know, kind of fungible way, uh, you know, malleable way. You, it's, it's a lot more flexibility. You have a lot more flexibility. Both good words. You have a lot more flexibility in terms of ways you can kind of take your equity out. You're not just sitting there like, oh my God, I have a future that could pay life-changing money. Do I hedge? If I want to hedge, where am I even getting the money to hedge, right? Like it's not a, a matter of asking any of those questions because you're literally talking about, okay, progressive, in a progressive nature, I'm now in the black or in the red on this given team, on this given bet I made. Um, and, you know, the way it usually goes is a team that's, you know, one seed, they got to make the final four for you to make your money back, right? You're going to be in the red unless they, you know, go to the final four. But if they do, then the final four game and the national championship, potentially, you got a little bit of a free roll. You, you don't have to necessarily truly hedge. Uh, so those are interesting parts and fun ways to play. And so I think to your point, you don't just care about, uh, you know, what are the fair probabilities of each team winning this championship? You care about what are the fair probabilities of them winning at every stage? Yeah, un understanding where you can get paid and what kind of multiplier you'd need because like it's like hey, if this team makes the final the final four, I get 30% of the pot, which is $18,000 and mm -hmm. they're a team I'm going to pay like less than 1% of the pot for. Mm -hmm. That's very different from hey, I bought you know Gonzaga in years past and <laughs> yeah it's like right. I, that is it's yeah. like oh that's a break even <laughs> like yeah. to get to get to like the elite eight or something like that yeah and it, you you said something interesting because obviously the next step is identify just like anything in betting uh you look at the market you identify where you think the numbers are wrong or you think there's an edge to be had based on not only the rules but just you know the the, the pricing Maybe some of the edge on some of the props, like biggest loss or things like that. The you know you you take that and add that in, and you said, hey, if we had you know if we started and tried to put something better than the market than Torvik than anybody, we, and you were wrong. You, you said if we started this week, we wouldn't be able to. You, if we started this week, we wouldn't be able to for next year's tournament. Like so, you know, at least you know, what's the point? Yeah. Well, that and that comes down to. I think maybe figuring out where you think you can find value and it's going to be so different based from Calcutta to Calcutta. Of course. If you're in one with your buddies and the local team 
is in the tournament and everyone loves him. And it's just, again, I keep going back to fantasy football, but you see this all the, all the time where, Hey, I live in this state and the star player from our local team goes a lot higher in the, than his ADP because everybody wants to have that guy on their team. It's more fun because we cheer for that football team. You do see things like that. Obviously you get into the big serious ones, little less of that, but kind of understanding maybe what teams could be overbid based on what you know about yours. If you've been in it for years, if there's always somebody who's going to buy one team. Yeah. Local variations. Truthfully, like go, go go read some articles and find some teams that people are fading. Like, Oh man, Tennessee can't do it now that they have the, you know, they're, they're missing their player. He's injured. Like is Tennessee screwed? Like if it's really widely known stuff like that, that's all over splashed up all week long. Like those teams might be cheap. And again, you see the market price for, let's just use Tennessee. You see the market price for Tennessee and that's not going to move. You know, it could, you know, obviously the, the futures can move around, but for the most part, those are set now. That's going to be what it is. But mm-hmm. if, if everybody's scared off of a team and, you know, let's say they have a 3% chance by the market yeah. and nobody wants to seem to bid 3% of the pot because nobody wants the team that everybody's fading, you know, it's not exciting to have a team like that that could have an injury that's going to screw you. But if you're getting them for 80% of fair price. Yeah. Those are it's just going to be the plus EV moves and it's Yeah. And then of course if if it's something you specialize in like if you are, you know, some of these people that yeah. do the golf yeah, yeah. cutter that are putting together their own numbers betting hundreds of thousands into golf every week like you know, they're just going to have guys like pay like I disagree with the market anyway. If everybody <laughs> yeah. if everybody is within 5%, you know, of the number and I, I think there's a definite edge. I'm just going to mm-hmm. buy this guy for more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take, take um, us back, and take us back to the first team and how that, I think you'll well, actually, yeah, no, no, no. I, but real, real quick uh, to close the point of point you were making. Um, the, there are a couple of tips I can give people for this particular application. If you're listening and you're doing a Calcut on Wednesday before the tournament starts on Thursday or something, and you're like, man, I really wish I'd kind of gotten more tips of how to, how to win this thing, right? Well, the Bar Torvik is one source. Going with one source only is not always the best. Using some sort of blended number, AJ's Phil Fady Tessie, using some sort of blend across a couple of different projections, that is smart in my opinion. Uh, using a blend between season-long data and recent data is smart, in my opinion. And you can weight these however you feel is appropriate. I don't think there is a true, correct mathematical answer. You probably, if you had 10 years of data, maybe you could, you would say, shut up, you're stupid. There's, of course, a mathematical answer. It's obviously 65-35, you idiot. But I don't know, you know, I don't think you're going to get granularity, you know, better projections one way or the other um, than if you just kind of use what your gut would say in terms of, I'm going to use a season's worth of data that Bart Torvik projects, and I'm going to use the last 10 games and just try to capture a little bit of a heat index on, on some teams. And then maybe the most important resource of all, because it reflects the totality of everyone's opinion in a dollars and cents way, is the sharp market futures. And you take those numbers, you convert them to probabilities, and you take the VIG out. 
And then you have a set of projections that is probably more strong and more signal than even what you're going to get from Bart Torvik numbers, even what you're going to get from Ken Palm numbers, right? And so how you weight that with whatever projections you've got uh, is, is also an interesting question. Now, let's say you're like, well, I thought you said it was important. I needed to know round one, round two, round three. Um, what, what, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to get those? I only have championship uh, odds here. Uh, well, take the shape of the percentages from a Bart Torvik and normalize them to whatever championship percentages you get from a pinnacle, a Chris, and then bang, there you go. You basically got what kind of step-by-step progression is ought to be for a team, but then you re, you know, re-centered it on uh, the correct, um, you know, correct championship odds. Uh, and from all of us, uh, you now have a, a set of fares uh, that is strong. And the next important thing you need to know is the rules of your tournament, right? What are the side pots? Come up with some innovative way to come up with winning percentages for your side pots. Yeah. Um, and then well, I think yeah. that's a, Going back to like, how do I find which teams I think I should be betting on? Start digging through the, the same thing could go for, you know, just looking at regions. If there's side pots for winning a region, you know, making the final four gives you two percent of the pot or whatever. Make some prices for that based off the books, and then start looking for just like, hey, here's some, you know, here's some mid seeds, some four, five, sixes that are going to be a little cheaper that kind mm-hmm. of have an easy path. And yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a million ways to do that. Just start adding up all the efficiency yep. numbers for all the, you know, the worst possible yep. scenario for them and start looking at other scenarios. And yep. I think you're going to find some teams like, I think yeah. this is a fun path for a six seed to, you know, maybe make the elite eight here. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need an advanced degree in mathematics to do this. You don't need uh, uh, coding skills to do this. You can do all of this in Excel, and you can do it all, all of it in an hour. Uh, you, what you want to do at the end of the day is have a sum of how much is that pot, this particular pot worth, what is my team's percentage of getting that pot, and then sum them all up, and then Gonzaga is worth 7% of the total pot. Okay, so you want a what every team is worth in terms of percentage of the ultimate pot going into your auction. Yep, have have those numbers, and ideally, have them in a spreadsheet. So this is this is the most important thing, and we've been kind of leading to this for a while because you, you almost let the cat and people who have done this know this, but you did kind of let the cat out of the bag a little on the first bid, like okay. the first team is so important and you know in a lot of these calcuttas and especially the golf ones it's it's almost predictable because you understand what the pot size is going to be and i think people everybody in those knows like it's going to be around this many rufus coins and this is kind of the number we're shooting for but yeah these this can make it a little unpredictable and you can somebody can be left holding the bag or the rest of the the rest of the bids follow suit there's enough smart people that understand like, Hey, this is where it's headed or it's a new Calcutta and nobody knows where the pot's going. But again, if a team, and again, let's just use one of the favorites. If a team is uh, 10% likely to win the championship. And again, there's going to be other pots that they could win along the way. Let's just say roughly that bid should come somewhere around 10% of the total pot. 
you know, it's let's just say they're ten percent likely to win win that money. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you start looking at that, and you, you can you can use that first bid to kind of readjust. Here's what I think the pot should be, and that's why yeah. I say have a nice Excel setup. Yes, or Google Sheets. Nobody uses Excel anymore, but yeah. have it all set up so it'll take that and say. Here's my total pot based on the first one, and everything updates. Well, I think Arizona is now worth $498. I think Kentucky is worth $1,228. Like, it just automatically updates. I mean, geez, if you ever watched the ones with golf, Rufus is updating his total pot after every bid. There's a very straightforward way to do that. Like a super duper, like one cell and one equation to do that. Um, You're – and – yeah, so you this is kind of the most important part of the dynamic. If It'll make it a lot easier to, if you do if the you're trying to, work on this. If you're trying to scoop EV, the most important part of the dynamic is literally going in with the, with an estimate of the total pot. That that implies you know who you're bidding with and what their what, what their general tolerance is in terms of how much skin they're going to ultimately put in the game. You know, hey, we got 20 friends. I think they all want to get involved to the tune of 500 to 1000 bucks. My pot estimate is Ten thousand bucks, right? Like that kind of uh, that kind of philosophy of coming up with an estimate of what you think the pot will get to was a super important step one. And then step two is after that first team is bid, readjust, and the way you readjust is straightforward. You take the price it went for divided by your share of the of the uh, win probability. And then that becomes now, this is now our estimated pots or, or, or that bid implies the pot will get to 20 K. Right. Yeah. Again, if you had it at 10% and it's a 10, if a 10% team went for $50,000 and it's like, Oh, we have a, we have a half million dollar pot. Oh, Oh, this is going much, this is much bigger. Right. Um, And so, yeah, that's where the biggest surprise is, but keep adjusting because like you said, In your little scenario where you bid $500 on Duke and then nobody said anything, it was crickets <laughs> you won in the first bid, you take that information and you say, all right, I think the pot will be X, but I'm probably probably very high on yeah. that. Yeah. Like if there's healthy bidding and it comes to a, a you know a, a general conclusion after that first one, after two or three guys are in it, and I think you can probably say I have a I'm within like five to 10% of what the pot should be at this point. And my numbers are close, but like in your scenario where you probably went over the mm-hmm. top way too quick, way too fast, it's probably going to take three or four teams yeah. to kind of hone in where you're going to be at that point. And, or you just end up playing defense. Explain what you meant by. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real uh, one la- kind again. of closing thought. I'm juggling again. Sorry, man. I don't know what's happening. It's it was working. It was okay it's trying. It's hell. It's it's efforting. Yeah, talk about, efforting, talk about efforting, efforting. Um, real quick on the uh, on the pot estimated the estimated pot. Refreshing that, and I don't know if I'm coming through or glitching, but um, if you've got five teams. And five prices known. Sum the implied probability, or the sum the share of those five teams, sum the total, and divide them. So basically, every time you put in this team went for this price, 
you can automatic it should automatically update we're going here we're going here we're going here and honestly like put two cells side by side it's like i think this is a 50k pot and then watch as the updates well oh the first bid says it's only going to be a 20k pot the second bid says it's 40 third bid says 60 fourth fifth okay now we're at about 50 i don't need to adjust anything keep it all fixed but then once you have five maybe even 10 teams all you know all bid on and you know those prices then flip flop and use the updated you know the the dynamic pot estimate uh to to come up with your fair prices yeah your your fair should update after every sale yeah and and as we you know we we kind of described the nightmare scenario where you bid on duke got him for $500 and it turns out like if you just go with the market pricing it should have been like a $300 team and yeah. you, you done fucked up but the opposite can happen. You can have just there can be some trepidation to buy right away. Always. You can buy you can this this happens more often than not, I think, where you can buy some teams and some of these early teams end up being like, all right, I bought a team for three hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It's implied they win five percent of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the pot should be sixty grand or yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever it comes up to. And because you know why this is the case? Because even if you are playing with high stakes players, there are people in that room bidding with you who are using their gut that don't yeah. have fair numbers. Well, no, and, <laughs> and they you know, are going and they're gonna be a little bit they're gonna be a little bit hesitant early to just get a sense of what are some of the other teams going with? Okay. Cause like what they're going to do is write it down and be like, okay, well, if Duke went for five hundred, then Tennessee should go for six hundred. Right. Like that's kind of the way they're going to think about it. And they're going to use the first handful of teams as data to then make bids later. Like they didn't come in with a, you know, a spreadsheet and a plan. So um, always people in the pool like that. And so, yeah, in general, 90, I, I think uh, if you're in a AUK Calcutta with um, let's say it's uh, mostly new newbies, a handful of people have done a couple, some people, this is their first time almost as a rule. The first two teams that go will be value by the end of the Calcutta because people will underprice what they think the pot will get to because they're they're going in like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play five hundred dollars worth. And then you get to the end and they're like, Oh my god, I don't have any teams, and the pot projection is now double what I thought it was gonna be. I, I'm gonna bet five hundred on a on just one team. Anyway, you know, like yeah. I, I need some skin. All right. No. And so there's a there almost every even with experienced players with good numbers and good fares and high stakes, the pot tends to escalate as you go from team one to team X. And yeah, if you, the pot is escalating, find the early teams then have yes, value. the early teams will almost always have EV. Yeah. So like the, the most important thing is to do the legwork, do the prep work, get your, you get your spreadsheet set up so you can be updating as fast as possible, have the best information constantly but probably the biggest step once you're actually doing it is you plan on plan on buying a team early. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, Even if it's a team it you sucks. don't really like. Yeah. It's you like know, it, think of a team you've been trashing across social media and across, uh, you know, le legacy media all price. week and they become the first team. You should still probably go for them. A lot of it, a lot of it just is, you know, some do, Hey, throw a team out. Uh, in golf, oh, got to I've, I've hosted the yeah. golf Calcutta a couple times. So yeah, I just I put all the names into a, a website that randomizes it. 
mm-hmm. and then don't you don't tell anybody because you don't know when you know things are coming out. It's always fun when a massive name comes out first, like hey, Scotty Scheffler, right off the bat, guys. Like, let's get weird and set up, you know, like 12% of the pot right here. But yeah, the the you don't have to, but I find if there's a team that comes out early and it's a team you like, mm-hmm. you should buy them. You know, don't don't get over your skis and go way over if you think the pot is going to come in and somebody else is really fighting you on it. But most of the time, the bidding will escalate. The pot will go up slightly as you go, and you're going to end up with some decent value. I like it. Um, the uh, the So the step so far, if we were to recap, use public sources and the market exclamation point to come up with what fair prices for every team double check the rules and come up with some innovative way to, to, to um, price the side pots. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to do a qualitative level of, Hey, I think these are going to be underbid. I think these are going to be overbid because, Hey, I, I'm doing this in North Carolina and everybody loves ACC schools. And so I'm going to go ahead and assume that those are going to go for higher than they're worth. And I think everybody kind of forgets about the PAC 12 or uh, did he undervalues the mountain West. I'm going to highlight those teams and try to go for them. Like you can do some kind of planning on the front end, estimate the pot, have fair, have fair um, price for every team going in and then update it at every, you know, at every step. Uh, and uh, I think you know you're well on your way to having a successful Calcutta. Now, some other le- lessons learned if you're playing with uh, like some sharp players, high stakes players, like the one that Jeff and Rufus do. Um, everybody has done the exact same thing in pricing, <laughs> and the fares are pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty it's crazy close. Crazy how they all pretty, come in. Pretty, so pretty close. close. Pretty close. Once, once there is a general sense of where the pot's going to land, you know, pretty much to the dollar. And so it becomes, you know, the, the last two thirds, once it's kind of settled and everybody's pot projection is the same, the last two thirds of it is literally, I'm How much grabbing like some teams guy? at fair prices and I'm hoping to run good <laughs> because there's really not like any, you know, any, uh, uh, and you know, and, and, but there's also an element of, um, knowing the players that you're playing with, right? Like this guy, I know from a couple of Calcutta's in a row now, he likes, he wants teams that have a realistic chance to win. He's not trying to scoop EV on the seven and eight teams. He's going for favorites. I know it. Like he wants, he wants blue bullets, right? This guy, he's going to stick relatively closely to his uh, reserve price. He's not going to yeah. go over. He's not going to make a minus. Yeah, there are ten. Right? It's just like it's yeah, like poker. Tendencies. Knowing sure. knowing people's tendencies, there's going to be some yeah. guys that over. They're all, they'll overpay yeah. for the team they want. Yeah, yeah. they'll the people that are just going to sit and scoop all the low low of hanging fruit. This, and then also, it, yeah, another another from, this guy real, real quick. Another yeah, this yeah. guy because I think the, we're kind of describing general people that will exist in almost every Calcutta. I'm picturing right? the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other guy is. Um, uh, I have a, a beef with him and I'm going to make sure that if I can read that he likes a team, I'm going to bid just to drive the price up on that guy. There's that guy's in there for sure. Uh, and there's a guy in there who's like, oh shit, I might have overbid on a couple of teams and got stuck with some teams I don't like. Now I got a price enforce <laughs> and price enforcement is fucking wild. 
because you get to a tipping point where you're like, Am I driving my, this up anymore or am I buying this? <laughs> yes, am I driving this up or am I buying this? And if the, and there there is a tipping point if you're well capitalized enough in your Calcutta pool that you're like, my best way out of this is to buy everything. <laughs> it's just to wipe this out, wipe this clean, know that I'm going to be coming. I'm, I'm, I might take a small loss, but I'm not going to take a big loss, right? Because at some point, you go from bidding against yourself to protecting yourself if you are taking a lot of teams off the table, particularly the teams that have high, huge equity, right? Like we, I have definitely been in those where, uh, you know, somebody wanted a guy, went early, uh, I mean, wanted a team, it went early, it went for more than we all thought it should have gone for. And then the next thing you know, like that guy has to bid every single big team net left. He ends up winning a bunch of them. And now it's like, well, he's got three quarters of the pot. He, you know, he'll probably win 60, 65% of the pot, right? He might win three quarters back, right? But it's very, very, very tough to win 100% of the pot back. So you kind of acknowledge at that point, like you're trying to break even. And, uh, you know, that'll happen. Um, so, yeah, kind of fun. Price of course is, is it's very different because we are talking NCAA to obviously very different than golf where you know we pay out a lot of those payout top 10 top 20 things whatever like that and you know granted the more golfers you have the less chance you have to get all of them in the top 10 you know have a, yeah, there's a negative course. correlation of course there's a point. negative correlation the, the 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 negative correlation here is the bracket format of like, course. Oh shit! I bought two teams that play each other in the first round. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. they win by sixty. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. Do need to You're cheer- yeah, you at, have a funny incentive if you. Of course, and that actually for sure plays into strategy among your pool because you may have a guy in your pool who you ex- you think so might be to keep track you, of you who think, has who. Yeah, you think he this guy might be small stack, and he got a one seed or a two seed in a bracket, like go to that little section and basically assume that he's out. He's not taking anyone else in the East. If he got Purdue as the one seed there, cause like he's, that's his horse. <laughs> like not going to, you know, realistically not intending to truly take home any of those other guys. So that's a fun game theory part of it. Surely. Um, yeah. yeah no, and, knowing who has bought that. That's another thing to be keeping track of is, you know, you can have a, a second tab where you have a bracket set up. Oh yeah, you, know, you just set up a bracket in cells and, yeah. well, and start I, putting names I think next to them. I would recommend sort by because almost all of these are t- completely random. What order are they go in, right? Yeah, and I would sort them by region and then seed, right? And so that's, if that's good, and then you basically are like, okay, well, this guy's got the one seed in this bracket and the four seed that he's done there, right? And you know that that kind of you know kind of guesswork I think can pay dividends. Um, I would also look for uh, just in yeah, just in general, um, bot reading body language when people are like you. And this is harder to do when people are pissed about what they ended up with. It's very easy to do when people are just like gloating about what a value they got on a pick. You know what I mean? Like it, I think it's very easy to hide. Uh, okay, yeah, no, good bid. I like that one. That was fun. But if you are like, oh yeah, I got the guy I wanted. I came, I came here for that team and I got him. Like that is extremely difficult to hide, I think. Um, so, you know, 
try to do your yeah. best to it just uh the yeah the parallels to poker are high in this point like, yeah and if you're doing if you're doing this completely uh you know with one of the kind of automated um you know sites where you're not seeing people or talking except for the chat um uh, then you know i would recommend use the chat use the chat to try to get other people's reactions uh you could distract them <laughs> in which case you could get a good bid uh, and or you can just kind of feel out like you know, oh, this guy's, you know, he's complaining or he's, you know, you know, people are, uh, you know, people are, uh, uh, you know, giving away some of their, their general feelings. The, um, the, the, uh, one last kind of thought about bidding that I wanted to bring up was, um, mm. be, uh, try to be conscientious and don't piss people off, right? Going up a nickel at a time is going to drive people fucking insane and then you're not going to be invited back and or people are going to specifically look to screw you on certain things that's um, that's a good that's a good uh, kind of like know the ground rules feel it out may yeah. ask questions before it start like because there's like we we've done that where it's like i've seen calcutta's make a rule halfway in like oh, all right God, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna start bidding in increments of this yeah, because yeah. Of we're going up randy <laughs> like <laughs> you guys yeah, yeah. like yeah. we're not doing this up a dollar anymore like it has to be five it has to be 10 2500 whatever whatever makes sense so like know the ground rules and ask some maybe and be that guy like be yeah. the guy that says like can we set a, a ground rule so we don't have that sort of shit going on like if it's a million dollar pot and somebody's bidding a dollar over like people are going to be mad like you, you have to have some common sense and it's good to just get that out of the way at the beginning talk about like how much if it's just auctioneered by a person rather than a computer like understand what the call is going to be so it's when they say sold it's it's sold and they'll give a little time or like understand that the minimum kind of increment as you're going up there's a few things that just just are going to make things go a little smoother Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And I would also say, don't be a guy who's like, good bid, good bid, good bid. Because if it was such a good bid, why didn't you fucking bid? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like I how you're just, you're just like airing your grievances now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I have to check myself because I want to be like polite and be like, you know, oh, hey, that was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't interested in that team, but I think you got them for a fair price, right? Like you do that enough times and people are literally like, well, are you blowing smoke or a, cause like, why aren't you, why, why didn't you bid then if you think they were under that reserve? Right. And sometimes, well, I, you know, I'm saving my capital for later when some teams I had my eyes on and didn't end up getting, but that's okay. Um, so, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, the general, uh, you know, kind of way you conduct yourself in these is, is, um, you know, it's important. And at some time in your life, if you like these type of Calcuttas, I would recommend doing one in person. It's fun as shit. Same as like doing, you know, fantasy football draft in person. Like it's very, 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 it's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, it'll be a rewarding experience. So that's about that. Um, any other wrinkles or fun stuff that you want? No, to I would just say like, you know, don't, don't overextend yourself over the next couple of days and be like, Oh my God, it's Thursday morning. And I have to like, uh, I haven't filled up brackets because I entered 19 pools 
uh, like do what you have time for because I've had that too. It's no fun getting past the first weekend and be like, fuck, why did I why did I spend a thousand dollars on entry fees and then not take any time because I just I thought I wanted in all these contests. Like yeah. get into get in the right amount of contests, do what's right for you, yeah. have fun with it. <laughs> Um, let's, the, uh, the, the let's other fun ones are fun too. Like, yeah, get, get into some weird ones because brackets yeah. are great. Yeah. They're so like Calcutta is like we said, the bracketless bracket, the 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 pools, the survivor survivor leagues are a lot of fun. I know you guys. I never do get into the tennis one because I just feel like I'm drawing dead. Oh, that one's but so fun. The, the, oh, that the one's sur- good. Survivor League and basketball is a lot of fun. I've done that in years yes. past. I got to just scour my email. This is the time of year you get emails from these random people that it's like, oh, I've, I forgot I was playing this Survivor League every year. And I've got a bunch <laughs> I got to sort through. But those are fun, too, where it's like, hey, you got to pick two teams every day that have to win. But yeah. Then you can't use them again. Uh, obviously, a way different strategy. But, man, just such a good time of year. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a, a little bit of uh, pick through some thoughts on this year's um, tournament and specific strategies for this year. Uh, you don't have to give me all the goods. I know we're we're in a couple of uh, hotly contested brackets. Not just money, but pride. Uh, so you don't need to tell me who you're picking and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, oh, great call. Do not enter to the tournament. Minus 4.4 units on playing games. <laughs> that is a very, very good, good tip. Um, all right. So, true or false, the West is the region of death. I haven't looked at the brackets. I didn't know who's in that one. Are you shitting me? It's uh, Valspar this week. <laughs> Valspar. Okay, I'm. I mean, look, look. I am. I am super football free agency. I am super. I am super dialed in on Indian Wells, so I completely understand. Uh, My biggest. So my biggest. uh, My biggest uh, plus EV. I thought bet to be that could been made in Indian Wells today was eager to win. Still at plus money. I can't. Don't bet on it. I can't believe it. I'm not telling it. you don't bet on it. That's yeah. the NCAA. So thing. one of the reasons that today was the best possible day to bet Iga to win Indian Wells was because two of the people who have a realistic chance at beating her played each other, which means one of the major equity holders of championship equity at Indian Wells was going home. Guaranteed. Sabalenka and Krachikova played each other. One of those women was going home. It happened to be Krachikova. Uh, would have been better if Sabalenka went out, but I think Iga matches up very well against Sabalenka. Excited to see if that's your final. Um, but uh, you were going to gain equity on an Iga bet before she even took the court. And so it was that's an the best obvious... Way to do it. it was the best way to do it. And so the, the, reason, the reason I bring that up is I look at the West as the region of death. I think it's absolute... You know, it's absolutely gross how good some of those teams are, and particularly lately. Like, if I am a person who weights recency heavily compared to season-long stuff, I think the way you played in, you know, the last month of the season matters more to me than the way you played in November, certainly. Um, but I don't entirely look at that, but I care about it. And right now, four of the top seven teams all happen to be in the West. And so the fact that only one of those teams can emerge will give you equity if you are shopping in other parts of the bracket, right? And in fact, there there's even a little bit of a bonus, which is if all four of those teams make it to Vegas in the West, and we're talking Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA here, if they're all if they all make it to Vegas, then there's a realistic chance that whoever emerges is like completely gassed, 
right? This isn't like a you get battle hardened, <laughs> you know. The, you, those games could be, you know, wipeout material where whoever comes through is, uh, you know, is drawing dead against a team that's well rested, right? Like this has happened. Absolutely, I can point to examples where this has happened in years past. Um, and you know, I, so I would say that shopping outside of the West, even though those are where the good teams are, is almost by nature plus EV, if that's what you're uh, if that's what you're interested in. Does that check out to you at all? Yeah, I mean, it, it's less so than what you see in conference tournaments where teams are forced to play like four games in four days. Yeah, and, you know, and, and usually, usually the, you know, the four days and four games in four days, it means you weren't one of the top four seeds in like the big 10 or the ACC. So you usually ended up playing like a really high end team in the finals anyway, and doing that with tired legs and all of a sudden the jumpers look like shit that can really start to look bad. I mean, you mm-hmm. do get, you do get like four or five days off after the the two games, but Playing a bunch of tough teams, not getting not getting a gimme or two early on, that definitely does add up, and I think so too. Like that's you know this comes down to almost the same stuff we were talking about when we did talk Calcutta was start to start to look at even breaking it down by half sections or half regions, yeah, and using just add up add up the efficiency numbers for all the teams using Torvik, Ken Palm, whatever. Add up all the the prices. And start looking like, hey, this is the toughest region. This is the toughest section of the four smaller sections of a region. Like this, this is a grind. Like this, these are going to be, you know, tired teams. These are going to be teams that have the toughest battles to get far. And if there is a team you like that's in an easier section, like it just turns it into, a, hey, this is probably even more plus EV than I originally thought. And I can agree with you there. I'm very high on the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, Kansas is very good. They they ran into just a Texas team that wasn't going to take no for an answer and twice in one like, week, yeah. twice in a week. And I I did bet Texas to win it all. I don't give a shit because I I bet Colgate to win their their conference because they were just like clearly the best team and it wasn't even close. But that also speaks to hey, your conference sucked ass. Like you're not actually that much. I'm going. It's funny too. I'm going to bet on Colgate because they're a 15 seed and it's part of the system. So I win either way. But like the system, I, I feel like Colgate gets run run out of the building. And I'm 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 a big hookem guy this year. So I'll probably I don't do a lot of futures in the tournament. It's just so tough. I, I usually will do them this time of year after yeah. the brackets out. I'm just going to play Texas. What's uh, play game by game and get weird, but I'm, I'm a big uh, Texas TCU kind of guy. What's the, uh, what's the system? The system is betting all the 12 through 15s. Okay. You, you On Thursday, you bet all eight that play that day straight up to win. money. Line. Shop them money, money line. money line straight up okay. no points. You bet them to win. And at the end of Thursday, you have a decision to make. There's three paths in front of you. It's like uh, it's like Robert Frost, if he'd had a little more imagination, there's three roads you could take. Um, you either say, holy shit, St. Peter's, or whatever. I th- I'm trying to think if that was St. Peter's beat Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, I, I just crushed a big one. I'm up. I'm, I'm going to quit. That was walking fun. Off, walking oh, away. it's seven and nine, Dan. It's always, it's never seven and nine. That bugs me. So if, if you've crushed a big one, you can quit. And this is a very personal choice. <laughs> if, if none of them 
have if if maybe a 12 and a 13 one and it was like hey the 12 was plus 140 and the 13 was maybe two to one you keep going but then there's two different ways to do that as well and i always go with the second and again this is not financial advice this <laughs> these are not big don't go go nuts with this i hate to see this mm-hmm. just chalk out and everyone be mad at me but if i haven't hit a big one on thursday mm-hmm. i will double my bet size double for your bets friday okay because it's coming because it's, it's coming it's it's like nine out of ten years she's it's coming. coming she's coming <laughs> it doesn't, uh, okay. you just go down and there, so there's there's a risk of ruin okay. in this one which is fun <laughs> and like, it's just fun to dance with the devil but give me your uh, opinion on something though yeah first opinion is this year's tournament flat earth more so than any other tournament you can remember where the top seeds are as vulnerable or more vulnerable than in an average year and That's what does, scares me. Everyone's talking does, about that. It's going to go. So does, do the prices do the prices reflect that? And that that's why it's such a it's a blind betting system because the prices the prices are probably pretty good. You just never know. Like who's who's going to actually? I did like Oral Roberts that year. Like I did I did take him with the points in that game. Saint Peter's um, last year. But uh, you know the, the Oral Roberts over Ohio State I think was a fifteen two. You know, sometimes you you do pick a game and think like this team is clearly better and they have a shot, but that's why it's a blind betting system. I would have never predicted like Stephen F. Austin all those years ago. The Mercer over Duke game was such an. I, sometimes they're just absolute aberrations where the price is, is fine, <laughs> and it's just like shit, man. Duke didn't show really up. Mercer, Mercer's not good. Like they just they just had their best day when. Duke had their worst day, and you know, sometimes you just end up with fun ones. So, yeah, yeah, and that, that's the thing about the twelves. You end up with favorites. Like uh, I still bet them because I don't ever because the system to, is the system. Yeah, I don't ever dare. To, you know, you don't question the system. Here. You don't. Yeah, you don't question them, the system. Yeah. Like uh, Middle Tennessee State over Minnesota was a, a favorite as a twelve-five. Yeah, uh, a few right. years back, like that will happen. Uh, the only advice I could say is be like, oh, the 12 prices aren't good. Round robin them then. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. This is, uh, this is I mean, the, the committee sets degen, up some 12s. The the committee, if you think that the committee doesn't specifically pick fives that are vulnerable and 12s that are good and underseed them, you're Maybe crazy. Read more books. Uh, yeah, read more books. <laughs> Go to the library, people. Um, no, there's a, there's a, uh, they like that narrative because they want to give people what they want to see in the week one which is upsets you know they want that that's a, that's definitely preferred they don't care who uh, necessarily but they want to be like a 12-1 oh my god cinderella you do not you do not forget where you're at when you have a a saint peter's money line ticket no. sitting there <laughs> no, you don't forget that. And, the, no. and the best part I've, I've told this story a few times um my favorite is the fact that most people don't know you're doing this. Okay. And you, and you don't have to tell them. No, you just have to so be like, screaming with the winning ticket in your hand. So when, yeah. So it, and my, my prime example was middle, middle Tennessee. It always comes to middle Tennessee when they beat uh, Michigan state, Michigan state. Oh, that, that was, was a, a Friday. One. So I had doubled my bets. They were 20 <laughs> to one at the encore slash win. We were at the topless pool and there was a, 
and everybody there were some Michigan State fans there. I mean, all decked out in green. You should have seen those guys like two hours later. Like somebody had to carry them to the room. They just drank it away. But it was that fun. was an early game, right? That was, was like a nooner, wasn't yeah, it? So that, you're just, you're just yeah. like hanging out and you know, there's randoms and you're talking to people and you show them like, Yeah, I got I, I bet middle Tennessee straight up. I don't know. I just had a feeling like they don't have to know you place 15 <laughs> other bets. <laughs> That's the fun part. I'm like, yeah, just I'm kind of like a savant with these underdogs sometimes. <laughs> so you don't reevaluate and upstake after the early morning in no, on just, Friday and go for it. Usually I'm in Vegas. No, I don't have time to evaluate keep, anything. You can't keep going back to life window, choices. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um do is there any truth up sad news what's that oh you're not going to spring break and i Uh, i made it i don't like to disappoint the wife more than i already do (laughs) and i told her i would watch uh watch some kids this week mine specifically especially on friday (laughs) so i kind of threw a wrench in going to vegas but we're going to um I mentioned this to good friend Bris, friend of the pod Brisket. I was talking yeah, to him yeah. earlier. All all around, just really good dude. I finally got to meet him out in Vegas one time. Uh, I mentioned this to him. I'm like, we're gonna teach my son how to spend all Friday at the sports bar, and uh, to the point where mom's gonna have to come pick us up. <laughs> it was a uh, dad. Why are we leaving your truck here? Because I've been drinking since noon, buddy. That's what we do. Probably just beat up. That's family friendly. <laughs> But that, that is like the plan. Man. And um, then it's St. Patrick's Day. Brisket, by the way, out. brisket did brisket did me. Yeah, brisket did me an extremely, extremely solid. And I will be going out there uh, tomorrow night to have uh, dinner with him and a couple of our friends. Um, I'll send you the list from our, our. We're going to Carbone, and the list of uh, guests is uh, a a a plus 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 a plus plus yeah. plus uh, group of six of us going uh, i'll shoot you the I might go the, look uh, at that old christian peanut uh, picture later. like just a just a reminisce i know i'll be yeah I'll oh be that back. was great I'll I'll be, where was that I'll golden steer next year yeah the golden steer golden steer indeed. yeah sandman there's some <sighs> other sandman there was some was classic there. J J. uh nobody Reg. uh nobody covers like career i can't remember nobody covers um, like career nobody covers um, like career uh okay uh a couple other any other lasting thoughts about this year's tournament other than you love the big 12 i just i love the big 12 okay i guess should we just fade the big 10 like usual it's been like 30 years think, since uh, i've done anything have we oversold purdue at this point as a as a collective like everybody else is at this point it's probably priced fairly but Christ, there was a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a roadmap. Like, hey, here's this giant guy that takes 35 percent of their shots. Just stop him, and they're if their guards aren't going to get any better, then like he ain't making the final four with that team. Yeah, they play slow and they can't create turnovers either, which is the kiss of death. They are going to get upset. I can't wait to see it. Um, I just don't think I don't I don't think it's going to happen in the 116, but you never know. Um, all right, the. Uh, uh, do you, any other kind of qualifiers about each of the regions? I, I would say the East is pretty chalky to me. I don't think there's going to be tens of upsets in the East. Uh, I think the upsets are largely going to happen in the double digit heaven for me. Looks a double digit mid seated heaven for me. Looks like the South. I think there's a lot of good uh, opportunity there. Drake obviously uh, against Miami is one of my favorite looks. That won't Utah be an State. Upset. Utah State. 
Uh, they're ten seed. They uh, they're that that seems like an upset over the seven seed Missouri Tigers waiting to happen. Um, we'll see. But uh, I know they're favored. <laughs> I'm being yeah, sarcastic. I was, was going to say, uh, say that every year we have that, and I I just let it go. Which uh, which round one game are you most excited to watch? Uh Tennessee Louisiana. Ooh, do you think the Raging, Raging Cajuns are live? Cajuns? Oh, definitely live. That's they're a live. fun one. They're definitely live. All right. Um, money line. Raging I, Cajun money line. Well, obviously, it's a 13 seed. It's already, it's already, it's already in the queue. Yeah, it's yep. already in the queue. Um, it, it's so hard. Go find the one that everybody thinks is going to happen, and maybe lay lay the alt line on the favorite. It's mm. like that every year. There's the one that just, oh man, this is happening, and the team just gets blown out. San Diego State Charleston's an interesting one. We'll see. Charleston was kind of a darling that was going to get an at large at one point early in the season that. Uh, I don't know. The world just forgot about. I'm not super sold on the Mountain West like it was last year. I feel uh, like cool. last year was the year they zigged. This year they zagged. Yeah. Um, this year they zagged. Auburn, Auburn Iowa is really fun. Uh, those <clears throat> are both teams that could kind of like the, the Houston little section is very fun. There's some teams that can beat Houston. I mean, yeah. every, anybody can beat uh, anybody, I guess. Auburn uh, Auburn Live, they're playing that game in Birmingham. They gave them, gave them Auburn home court over Houston in the 1 9. It's, uh, it's a little close weird. Enough, close enough, it's isn't it? Weird. That's a nice advantage for them. I'm trying weird. to look it out too. It's like, it sucks for Oral Roberts because, like, as much as everybody wanted a uh, dog on some of the blue bloods, and I guess, well, North Carolina's not here, guys, but <laughs> Duke, Duke and Kentucky did pick it up. They figured things out down the stretch. And, yeah. And just a few weeks ago, it's like, man, is Duke like a nine seed? What are we doing? Uh, so there's th- those teams did pick it up, I feel, for Oral. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they get past them. One last, one last important question for you, and then we can wrap. Ready? The most popular team picked on the ESPN's tournament challenge is who? Just to, to win it all, most popular team. Yes. God, it's almost usually just the favorite. It's probably Bama. Bama is on what percentage of brackets as the national champion? Like. 13 20.2 percentages of percent of the brackets. They were number one. They were number one. Houston's number two, 14.4. Kansas 10.9. Purdue 8.3. I could not have less positive things to say about Alabama potentially winning this title. It would utterly shock me. I would be more surprised if Purdue won than Bama. But Alabama looks to me like very, very susceptible to an upset. Have you watched enough Alabama? Do you get this? Do you have a a take on why people believe in these guys? It's, I mean, it's one of the best defenses in the whole country, and the team scores. And like, I mean, you saw the you saw the SEC finals. A and M's a good team. That was a good squad. That was a they yeah they have enough they have enough star power to get through their region pretty easily. Not not easily. Nothing's ever easy. But no, I wouldn't surprise me if Bama won. What's their yeah, they're in the Arizona region. The South for a three is probably Baylor, the, Baylor. the weakest. Yeah, I'd go Bama Baylor in the in the region there. I guess I'm filling out my bracket live in the air. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably put Bama in the final four at a few of these. You think they, they have like legit they have legit players. So like, I need to cool my jets a little bit on aggressively fading this Bama team. I you can get weird with it. Like you can take some Baylor. You know how I feel about the Big Twelve, Drew. I know. Baylor's not going to disappoint us like they did last year. No, never. 
honestly, Santa Barbara and then probably Santa Barbara, NC State or Creighton, Arizona, Mikey Pass, Utah State. I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, they'll play this tournament out. I think the SEC might be a lot worse than people think. And I agree with you. It is at the bottom for sure. Like the bottom of the SEC has been rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of yep. like football, man. Uh, also, Holt is pointing out one of the things that I have in the back of my head, which is, you know, who never Does this really ever turn into bowl season where it's like, hey, I'm too big of a star to play hard. What was the last guy who was like a bona fide top three draft pick who showed out in the tournament? Like just out, like carried a team. Like it's really, really, really rare. Powell could from, even be in an AC last year. I was going to say, the kid from Nova, he's on a team. <laughs> like he wasn't a high pick, but... Which kid? Was uh, Kyle Lowry? No, 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 no. Nova? Uh, it's it's escaping me at this point. Yeah, no, it, it, I know. The, 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 uh, the diaper dandy uh, effect, does, is, is, uh, there's just very, very few examples of a singular freshman carrying a team because... It, you know, it all ultimately at times in games when adversity hits, you need a little bit of experience. DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo. Okay. DiVincenzo. There we go. Thank you, Donaldson. Yeah. That was a fun He's, team. I lost, I lost a lot of money on that. The seventh man on the Warriors. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He's playing yeah. for, playing for a decent franchise. So Brunson. I don't know. That's uh, Yeah. Carmelo is probably, probably the right answer, Dan. I think since Carmelo did it, I feel oh, like that was a fun run. I was, and I feel like since that, I happened. I feel like a lot of people have looked towards the super superstar carrying a team, and they've underwhelmed. Kevin Durant couldn't do it. I remember he was a super hot pick with Texas. Um, Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State didn't have it. Uh, you know, like the 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 super hot freshman. Uh, carrying a team to the title. There's just very, very, very few. Um, yeah, John Morant. Yep, agreed. Uh, they got got a one impressive win, and that was it. Man, Mello, Mello was like the original Scoot Henderson, where it's like, fuck, this guy is good, but, right. but, yeah, <laughs> okay. Remember uh, how good Mello was? He was it's crazy. It's like some teams, some teams gonna be disappointed that they have the second pick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. That's still wild. Uh, he's not. Scooters. He's no. Yeah, the French kid looks pretty good. Speaking. Um, yeah, speaking of shutting it down, uh, as we kind of implied, I don't think it, a player just quits because they're a high draft pick. But uh, you can if you're in the G League because there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of money to be made at that point, guys. So I love it, man. All right. Well. Best of luck in the tournament. Hopefully you guys found this insightful and interesting. If you didn't ever know about a Calcutta, now you do. Uh, and if you have any questions or if you want any advice or if you want to compare fair numbers, um, no guarantees I'm going to have time to deal with it tomorrow because I'm traveling to Vegas. But if uh, if I'm bored in the airport and I get your message at the right time, I may get back to you. <laughs> Not a it's promise. Nice you didn't, yeah. At least we didn't do the show from the airport. We've done those. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, just uh, what, yeah. Do, what do you want to – are we going to do some NFL? Bounce back to the NFL, some free agency talk? Absolutely. We're going to an NFL guest next week, and we're talking free agency, and it is going to be a banger. Uh, I, you know what, Andy? I just want to know where Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year. That's all I care about. 
Uh, I just keep refreshing Twitter because that's all I want to know. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to play, Andy? It feels like this (laughs) This is is all the Aaron Rodgers show. It feels like there's... And there's there's two outcomes and there's no in between. He either does the obvious thing and does his buddy a solid and gets him a huge, you know, huge amount of downloads and live watches by doing it tomorrow on McAfee, or he doesn't decide for months. <laughs> like there's no in between. And God, I hope it's just tomorrow. I <laughs> like I'm old. I dealt with this with Favre. I oh, dealt with God. this. We've, oh, we've all God. dealt with this with Brady. Yeah, I'm we. Ha- that's shit. a good point. We haven't had the ESPN helicopters following Aaron Rodgers around uh, to high school football practice yet, right? Oh God, it's coming. Do you, the best. The best one was when I couldn't believe it too. The Favre thing was a couple times, but when when his plane landed in Minneapolis, it's like, what is what is happening? This is such a <laughs> weird outcome for this whole saga. <laughs> Which is, and that's what makes this even funnier is the fact that he's taking that step to the Jets, just like Favre did. Although, man, if he still has anything left with a couple of those young offensive players and what they have for a coaching staff, that's good team. Yeah. That's a crazy, like, if I'm the Patriots, I am just <clears throat> tanking and rebuilding. Oh, pissed. Yeah, you're pissed. Or you're making a move for Lamar. <clears throat> That's yeah. really, that's really what I want to delay the free agency pod is because we need to talk about, like, like, I, true or false? Lamar goes to any team in the NFC, and they're automatically the favorite to win the NFC next year. Yeah, I mean, there's I li- I literally like like, the, like the losses that the the Niners and the uh, the losses that the Niners and the um, Eagles have dealt with, combined with the fact that there literally are no other good quarterbacks now in the NFC. Maybe, you know, the Eagles. Maybe it's it's not a huge difference, but all all the favorites in, you know, anyone who's not the favorite, obviously, but all the division favorites, whether you say the Lions slash Minnesota's not that far behind, like for yeah. sure upgrades. San Francisco would love to have a quarterback. Um, they've been dealing with, uh, you know, just doing it without a quarterback for a few years now. Yeah, uh, the whole the whole NFC South isn't shouldn't have a favorite. My goodness. Just, oh, a, just a mess down there. So like bad. all those teams would behoove them. That's crazy. So um, we're not far removed from making some sincere statements that the Lions should be the favorites in the NFC. We're not that far away. If they like, have a, a good, good draft, they, a good yeah. draft, and like one or two more free agency signings, it's, yeah, that's it's it. like them. And, it's them, yeah. them, the Niners, the Eagles. If and Lamar, yeah, they drop off exactly. If Lamar, exactly. If Lamar stays in the AFC. Then we're talking Lions, Lions NFC favorites, really, which is unfucking believable. Couldn't, couldn't put them out of the Eagles. The Eagles have lost seven of their starting eleven on defense. I know, but I think the offense is going to be better. Yeah, which is more fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. That's so. a good point. All, All right, right, cool. Well, let's wrap. Let's, uh, let's call our night. We'll call it. Do Thank a full you on for hanging out. Hit the thumbs yeah. up on the way out. Sorry you went to a band concert, Patrick. I know that pain, and uh, we'll catch you guys here next week. Because <laughs> we don't want to not watch basketball, and free agency is important. Fifth-tier option bumped up a day as well. Tomorrow, 2 Eastern, live, live, live. Eight trucks, eight bucks. That's the eventual. It costs eight bucks.